This is episode 188. This may come as a shock to you, but I've never played a Dumble. <laughs> so, uh, I, I should have thought of something. <laughs> I don't know. That'll do. Yeah. Feels like I'm a mediocre podcaster. That's, oh. That- <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Welcome to the Tone Control. Yes. Good call, Derek. I, uh, hold on. Wait, wait just a minute here. Okay. There. (laughs) I pushed record. I forgot to turn on Craig. That's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) I was really committed to not starting this episode by talking about how our tech had failed. I was -hmm. thinking about it all day because I always like, I jump on to like, it's, oh man, we changed a bunch of stuff with our setups. Let's hope this works. I was like, I'm not going to say that this time. And then we got on and a bunch of tech literally failed. A bunch of it broke, yeah. (laughs) And And now I'm getting about three frames a second on both of us, which is just a delight to see. Oh, well, you look actually (laughs) quite smooth on my end. (laughs) Okay. It must be just me then. Maybe it'll coming in here is is smooth. So, okay. It's smoothing out. We're about 10 frames a second now. It's getting there. It's the tone control. Okay, okay. So this is fine, right? I mean, whatever. We only use we only use GARC for sync anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm sorry that it's laggy. This is the best I can do. Um this is the tone <laughs> control. <laughs> um I I really thought that we'd change some things that it was gonna be a lot better. And apparently it's just it's just terrible for everyone. Um but Nevertheless, thank you all for coming. Thanks for hanging out in the chat. Um, we have, you know, let me let me find my show notes sheet. It looks like we have um, a, some news. We've got some pedals and probably a discussion topic to to topicify. Nope. You want to take it again? That, no, let's just yeah. keep going. Let's, let's keep going. Let's pl- pl- plow through. <laughs> plow through. Yeah, power through. Ah. <sighs> uh, what what's what's up? What what's up, Derek? How's it going? Um, it's it's going good. Um, I what else? What else? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. You don't want um, to. I am. I'm a little. My brain is like a little fried just because this week is week one of my current grad term, and you know, I yeah. I, I I'd like to take a nice reasonable break during, between terms. We get one week guaranteed, but we can kind of preload some work and like if you cram near the end Mm, uh, and hand in things early you can get two weeks off effectively and i did that which is really nice because two weeks away it it really helps me reset and stuff but now just other things going on works a little bit hectic again Uh, well it's not the work is not hectic but things at work are a little turbulent so Mm, it's like oh shoot i'm also in school again and i'm kind of keep forgetting that i have assignments and things due um, it feels very back of mind when it's usually very front of mind for me. So that's a, that's a weird change, but, um, it's, you know, Thursday night. So we're th- most of the way through week one yeah. and it's just like, ah, I, right. I'm in, I'm a student now. I'm in school. I'm in school. I'm in school. And I, I keep forgetting. It's very weird. <laughs> it's, I've been in totally. this for a year and I'm still forgetting. So, uh. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I, I mean, I get it. This week has ripped through. I can't believe. I feel like it was just the weekend. Like, it's it, there's. It's been just yeah. nonstop um, over here as well. I get it. I get it. I, look at no us. time. We have like no almost time to matching just, T-shirts. See do this? we? Mine's technically kind of blue, but. A Mine's a little a bit short green, v. but I'm I'm okay. lighting myself okay. with colors tonight. On the so. feed, we look like we're kind of you know, <laughs> we like sort of, just, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, there's a little. I see a little like a purple going on in your room, yep, and I've got purple, I've got some yeah. my purple and blue. There's I think in the yeah in the back I got blue going on. Yeah, that's cool. Matchy matchy. Yeah, this is this um, is fun. But yeah, that, that's the thing. I I live I for the longest time always basically have lived a very week to week schedule. Like I, yeah. I just am not a daily person or a monthly planner or anything like that. I really operate well at the weekly scale. And mm. lately all the weeks are just like, oh my God, it's Thursday already. Oh my God, it's already over. And you know, tomorrow's Friday. Wow. Another week is gone. And I'm totally feeling a lot of that um groundhog day kind of vibe again. I you know, we all felt that at the beginning of the pandemic. And yeah. things are a lot different now, yet I'm still feeling it. Or I'm I'm feeling it again, which is strange. Right, right. Well, over here we suddenly, you know how when you're um, thinking about buying a car and you sort mm. of like think about it for a while and then something will happen and you'll go from, yeah, we'll sort of like make some moves in that direction to like, it's happening. Yes, you know? I hate that. I hate that so much because I'm a very research focused person on big decisions. Yeah, yeah. On big purchases. And uh with and that cars, means you got to cram the research. <laughs> yeah, which with cars, it's it's hard to do that because they're yeah. they're here now and then they go away. So, right, exactly. So, well, okay. So the thing we're looking at is actually the Rav Four, like yours, but there there's a new one that is mm-hmm. a plug-in hybrid, the Rav Four mm-hmm. Prime, and <laughs> there. Um, Jeff Bezos would like to have a word with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. So they. Um, <laughs> well, not with me. <laughs> they can, can call Toyota if they want, I guess. Yeah. The, the thing about these cars is it would probably be not that hard for you to get one of these cars, but they're all really only available on the coastal states uh-huh. because the the um, something about the way those states are doing uh, emissions laws, Toyota is prioritizing them heavily. Like, wow. in fact, only recently did dealerships out here get their allotment of one Two only if they're a major metropolitan de- metropolitan metropolitan. Yeah, wait, I said it right the first time. Okay. <laughs> you did, yeah. That's yeah, what, I thought. I, was like, I thought you okay. <laughs> if they're a Neapolitan dealer, they okay. So anyway, um, these are hard to get. We're literally looking at trying to like buy one from like a New York dealer and have them hmm. freighted to us. Um, And looking at combined, and then so some, but every dealer wants to try to convince us that maybe they can order it for us, you know. Ooh, you know. Turns out they can't. Except turns out when you finally talk to somebody who is being honest, they they can order whatever they want. They're not going to get it this calendar year, and it's a maybe about 2022 about any of their orders being fulfilled. Um, It's just it's just production and stuff like that. But it's it's like we've done the research and we know what we want. We test drove some some of the other models and we've seen the thing, but it didn't belong to the dealer. It's this total mess. It's like, I've mm-hmm. never gone to buy a car in a, in a situation where the car was scarce. Mm. 
that's not something you that I thought about, but but it is. So it's not that we're in a rush. We were in a huge rush, and then we figured out literally what we wanted, and now it's like we're sort of on the lookout, like scouting. Is one of these going to pop up, and can we put a deposit on it? Because mm-hmm. it's like going to come in in a couple of months. Yeah. yeah, and like there's still a few that are kind of like keeping us on. I, we actually put a refundable deposit on one. It's not exactly the one we want, and it's a few months away. Mm-hmm. And so we, I don't know, we're talking. So, so anyway, it's it's like this ridiculous thing. And, and we do kind of want to do it sooner than later because the trade-in value on Marielle's Honda is like it's on one, it's on, yeah. it's on one of the mileage tipping points. It's like going to uh, turn over okay. 100K. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're kind of trying to get this done before that. Cause like, it's a lot of money and we've got it figured it is, out. Yeah. Like we, we save money a lot effectively and so we can like we can you know flex our muscles at times like this but it's but now it's like shoot (laughs) i'm normally the type of person to walk into a dealer and be like you know play in the games with them where you pretend you're going to finance the whole thing and then you're like oh and my down payment is 50 percent of the car you know what i mean like (laughs) right right and 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 their jaw drops like they're so mad um but anyway so Hmm. yeah so anyway that's yeah that stresses me out i'm stressed out for you just because like (laughs) oh i didn't mean to do that no like that kind of thing like i would not do well with that because i hate that sort of if you don't get it someone else is going to buy it out from under you immediately and then you're back to square one but you know it worked out for us like it it was sort of we didn't need a car but it was like kind of time for my old car we talked about this at the time but we wanted a color and like this is the thing when you're spending so much money I've said this about guitars too. You want a certain configuration and a certain color or package or whatever. Um, You want that one and you really want your money to count to going to the thing that you want exactly. So then when there's like, oh, there's one for sale, let's go get it. But it's, oh, it's not the color I want. Well, that's a bummer. I'm going to spend a lot of time in this car and a lot of money on this car. I want to be able to like enjoy the whole thing about it. So. Yeah, because well, it, it it leaves you have two minds. Because on the one hand, it's like the color shouldn't be like I'm really buying this whole thing. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, why am I going to quibble about is it the red one or the blue one? But then on the other hand, if I'm going to pay, I mean, mm. this is not a this is by a tens by of thousands order, of dollars car. Yeah, this yeah. is by a wide margin the most expensive vehicle I will have ever purchased. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we're in for the tech, you know what I mean? We're in with, this is, this is cutting edge stuff and we're buying, we know what we want. And it has like, we basically want it with all the appointments because I don't want to spend $48,000 and then go, oh man, for another thousand, I could have gotten the heads up display. Yeah, You know what I mean? And it's like, normally I'd be like, well, that's just, that's opulence. But it's also like, you know, less than, it's like two percent of the purchase. But yeah. Anyway, this yeah. is this is um, okay. Enough about cars. <sighs> Am I right? Yeah, I still yeah. love my Rav. We have the new Rav design, oh, and it's the best yeah. thing. You were in it. That's I mean, that's still the design, by the way. Yes, I know, I know. Yeah, um, yeah. and we it's we have so a twenty nineteen. Nice. The the a plug in one wasn't available at the time. I didn't even know they were going to be making one at the time. We do have a regular hybrid, which I adore. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. Um. Yeah, but, it's very yeah. good. the The plug-in will will run about forty two, forty four miles ish um, mm-hmm. without consuming any gas. So that's, that's going to be as a daily driver for Marielle. That's going to be no gas all week 
on most Sweet. days. So I, w- I do want to end this story by saying we did get the color that we wanted. Yeah. So it's great. And we will I, too. Um, I, we're, yeah. I've decided we're not going to settle. Like we'll, we'll just keep poking around and, and just ride it out. But because mm-hmm. I'm, we're not going to buy, we'd accept one of two colors and we're not going to buy if it's not one of those two. Yeah. So. We got the one we wanted and I'm super pumped about it. In fact, I only have seen one other RAV in our color mm-hmm. ever since we've had it, which is great. People stopped me at, like, when I first got it, so, we should start this it's a podcast. Cool car. But so we, when we, I first got it, I was driving home from work and somebody like flagged me down at a stoplight and was like, what color is that car? Like, they were like really aggressively, like, like I thought I had a flat or like I had cut them off or something, you know, that's a beautiful color. <laughs> that's a beautiful goddamn color. <laughs> anyway, want to start the show? Um, yeah, so... Thanks to Pedal Genie for sponsoring the Tone Control. Visit PedalGenie.com and start your wish list today. Let's let's play a sound here, and then, um, first of all, I think first things first, um, what's this news, what's this news about the Tone Control podcast? Are you what? playing a sound first or after this? Um, <laughs> I don't know what right. you just no, said. No, I think I did, <laughs> I think you're right, I think I did, well, I'm, I, did you guys not hear the robot speak? No, I did. Oh, okay. The tech crap. Okay. All right. No. Okay. Chew on this. That's mega loud. It's really loud, huh? It was, yeah. It was quite, no, quite oh. noisy. All right. Um, I'll turn the master down on this or something. I don't know. That song, do. that's a demo I did for the show that turned into a Delaney tune. Yes. I recognize the riff. Uh, do you recognize yeah. the pedal? I, so f- uh, I do because it, I, it was the um, Adventure Audio Glacial Zenith. Yes. Now, yeah. you didn't cheat that time, right? No, I did not. But that okay. one, that and a few others really stand out to me. Yeah, because that was that is now because on my it's right. It's a album. very memorable yeah. riff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the notes this t- this week, I highlighted the text in the same color as the text, so Derek can't read it <laughs> until he highlights it, so he can try to guess what the, what what uh, yeah. pedals are going to play. Okay. Um, what's going on with okay? The, okay. So a thing. few a few people have emailed uh, over the years, really, um, saying that <laughs> some episodes are hard to find or not showing up in feeds and stuff. And um, we have solved some part of this. So episodes one through twenty nine of the Tone Control are now in this current podcast feed. So ages mm. ago, we were hosting this podcast on my website. And there was an RSS feed that we just submitted to iTunes. And it was very analog you know, podcasting kind of 1.0 um, of, of all that stuff. And it was like a private page and, you know, that's just how we distributed the show because I, you don't upload podcasts to iTunes or to any of these platforms. You give them RSS feeds and then they distribute it from your site. So um, I went back and pulled 1 through 29 because those were the ones that were the most problematic from like a Dropbox sync or something like that before we migrated to Anchor and before we changed a few other things in between Squarespace and Anchor. So anyway, 1 through 29 are now in the podcast feed. They are backdated to their original dates or, you know, the weeks that they came out. I didn't go totally granular with the dates, but um, they're in there. Uh, scroll all the way down and you'll find them. Um, starting Some episodes starting around 129 
don't want to play in certain podcast players and I cannot identify a pattern or why or where they do or don't play. The only thing I do know is they absolutely play in Spotify. So if you really want them, you can go listen to it in Spotify because they're on Anchor. Well, they'll play on Anchor, they which is owned Anchor. by Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can listen there. You do not need a paid Spotify account for that. So you can just log in. You can use the web player. Um, and yeah, now all legacy <laughs> issues of the tone control are available for your for your listening pleasure. Nice. So, yeah. We were bad Ooh. at this. We're, we're pretty bad now. Well, we were bad. <laughs> they're, they're also, they're, if, if Anchor existed, you know what I mean? Like tools have come a yeah. long way. Yeah. We've been doing this for eight years or so. And it's, it's, um, yeah, things are a lot different now. People talk to me about like, I want to start, how do I start a podcast? Like what, you know, you can help me with the audio, but how do I get it out to people? And I was like, yeah. well, there's literally one site. You're going to drag a file onto it. Yeah, it, Anchor was a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind doing it the old school way at the time, but it was a lot of work. Like it was a lot of. But it if was you many were asked steps. to do that now, <laughs> if I was asked to do that or for someone else, it would be like, no, mm -mm, I'm not going to manage that for you. <laughs> you don't have enough money. <sighs> yeah, it's just like a lot of file management, you know. And and we yeah. can just because it used to be hosted out of like a public Dropbox folder too. Remember all that? So I don't think I realized that. Yeah, so like it, it was uploading. Um, oh, it was, I put it in right, a few the places. Thing, yeah, the only thing that was actually on the, your site was the RSS feed, which was then think, pulling from a storage space. I think it was something like that because there was a storage limit on Squarespace at the time, but now it's all oh, yeah. it's all anchor all the way down. So nothing <laughs> nothing to worry about there. Just go go to Spotify, go to wherever. Um, One through twenty nine are definitely new in the feed. Um, 30 yeah. and forward had been there, but they were spotty as far as like availability to listen. But, uh, um, okay. yeah, <sighs> that's, um, that's exciting. I feel good about having that done. It was kind of always in the back of my mind as something that yeah was like, oh, there's these like lost episodes kind of thing. So right on. Um, I just realized that I read the note sheet too quickly earlier today and didn't prep a sound for this next item. Because oh, sorry. It's, it's once again like not a news item. So now you get to tell me what do you want to hear? <laughs> I might have added this after you did that stuff. That might be oh, my fault. Oh, that probably. <laughs> oh, wait. I know what I want to play. I know what I want to play. Oh, never mind. This is a left. Okay. I'll just play the left side of it. This is fine. This is everything's going to be fine. Um, all right. Here. This is um, some classic, some classic tone control. Oh, I'm ready. Yes. Blank. <laughs> All right, one of the originals that was that made was, in, in Bias, right? I think it was made in Pod Farm. Pod Farm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first band practice in a long time. Yeah, Derek, tell me about that. Yeah, so we're all vaxxed up over here, and uh, so we, vaxxed, super vaxxed. And then we have a show on the books, which is weird to say and weird to like hmm. be looking forward to, awesome. because part of me is like, oh, that's not going to happen. I don't have to worry about that, but it very well could, and I'm thinking it very much will. It's in August and it's outdoors and yeah. there's, there's no, re it's after our vacation. So no conflict there. Um, as long as it can't get rained out. Right? I think there's tents and things. I don't know. I've never been, but it's at market days in Concord, New Hampshire. And anyone from around here oh, okay. who knows what that is, is like, oh my God, I love market days. Everyone tells me how much they love market days. And well, you'll have, been. you'll have a lot of happy people milling around. I've never been. Somebody, you? somebody told, I ran into a, a friend of the band, Tim from Sleep Spirit. I was going to say friend of the show, but he, I, 
I'm not sure he listens. So um, <laughs> I ran into this guy, Tim, at, at Trader Joe's, and he was like, oh, I saw you guys at Market Days. And I was like, well, it wasn't me. It was before I was in the band. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was like, oh, it's the best. You know, I work right there, and I just walk downtown. So anyway, it sounds really cool. Um, so we're kind of starting to, like, shake all that off and get a schedule mm-hmm. and, like, get going with our practice space and playing our songs again. And it's weird. So I, <laughs> I, um, I brought the Helix, the full size Helix and my head rush FRFR cab yeah. to practice. And I wanted so to no, just sort no of actual guitar camp cab or no. like tube amps or anything. Yeah. Matt had his whole regular rig, but I was just doing R- right. Right. Yeah. Um, I was set up in a fraction of the time. Which was awesome. You know, actually, that's even better. Sorry to interrupt. That's even better because now you're literally head to head in the same room, right? So if if yeah. you know if there's going to be a difference, it's not one you're, you're going to lose because well, I just didn't bring it that day. So mm-hmm. you know, what yeah. I mean? So th- that was part of the reason I wanted to check it out. And I knew worst case scenario, if it wasn't loud enough or whatever, we could put it through the PA, and it would sure. keep up just fine. So I was like, yeah, let's let's just try it. And we're it's a first practice. Nothing really counts. We're all bad at our instruments again, and who cares, <laughs> yeah. right? So if it sounds crappy, then whatever. Yeah. Uh, it did not sound crappy. It sounded absolutely killer. And the operation of it all was basically like getting an entirely new guitar rig um, and knowing how it works, but also forgetting how I have it all organized and set up and like mm-hmm. what I want my drive staging to be and all this other stuff. All these things that I set up here going through studio monitors is not the same as going through an FRFR cab at a super loud volume. Yeah. So... Playing, for one thing, like all the other factors, playing standing up for hours at a time, playing really, really, really loud for hours, earplugs, other band members, cymbal wash, all that stuff I had forgotten about or just had gotten away from me because it had been so long since a real practice. So that was, it's hard to factor if it was like my guitar and tone and, and Helix stuff felt weird or if it was literally everything else contributing to feeling weird in that moment. I think it was just all of the things together, but it all it's, it's all the, all things. So what I did was I, um, I set up all of our songs as presets in Helix with dedicated BPMs, which is why I went with individual presets per song. There is some DSP latency when changing presets. So like there'll be a pop or something if you are currently playing and there's like a little bit of a, just a few milliseconds of a gap while it changes over the DSP. But in between songs, it doesn't matter because you just scroll into the next bank and off you go. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had copied the same like master, you know, Derek AC30 tone preset to every song. And then I matched the BPMs and then I set up snapshots for the parts of the song, verse, chorus, bridge, lead, outro, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, you know, I can hit this button, pull up my snapshots, just hit one foot switch. And off it goes to the bridge. And then I can switch it back to stomp box mode and just have fun with whatever. That was my plan anyway. Um, yes, Eric in the chat, we do play to a click. We didn't that night just because we were still getting things started. But generally, yes, we do play to a click. Which is why the delay BPM sync is important. So That's why it's I, even an option. Right, yes. Um, so what I realized was I don't even need to be switching back to stomp box mode and just leave it in snapshot mode, ready to go into the next part. I don't need to be fucking around with my foot switches. I just click the one 
and it goes. And I just focus on playing and just do my part. And I don't need to be, well, I'm going to turn on this drive instead of that drive. I don't need to be doing that all the time. Or yeah. I, could, I can, but it's not necessary at all. <laughs> I mean, it maybe never was necessary, I guess, but it's such a weird thing to just be like, no more pedal tap dancing. It's a single switch and it changes all of it. Yeah. Doug says I mean, next setup is MIDI control, but there's nothing for me, nothing else in my rig to control. So. <laughs> well, right. Cause it, with it, yeah. So, so I remember when, when you were first getting set up with Delaney and you were changing your delay pedal over because you needed one, you wanted one that could do this tempo sync stuff. I was like, oh, and then you just get, get like a MIDI router and you could get into all your other pedals so that all your d- other pedals can be yeah. synced. You can get other ones that have MIDI input and then you get a little distribution thing. And then you need like a, a, a thing with like parallel loops to just do all your mm-hmm. switching and, and then, Derek was like, yeah, you know, you could do all that, but I'm not going to. And then what is this? A yeah. couple of years later, it's like enter Helix. And it's, it's as, <laughs> right. It's kind of the same thing. And so like any, any effect in Helix that has a rate or any sort of, you know, time-based thing you can set to a millisecond or just like a one to 10, if it's like a, like yeah. a sine wave or something, or you can set it to um, a subdivision of the tap tempo. So all of my modulations and stuff can always be in time or out of time if I want, or they can be set to a, a, a millisecond range or whatever. It's insane. It's so awesome. Yeah. It's so awesome. Snapshots Beautiful. can change all kinds of stuff like amp parameters. Like in the chorus, I want this snapshot to make the midsection, like or the, the mid-range bump so I can get some more lead or whatever. You can mm-hmm. do all that. So it was really like, okay, I click this button and oh yeah, I set up this patch this way. And there were slight tweaks along the way. And what's really weird is like some songs still feel like they should be in Stompbox mode and others feel like great candidates for snapshot mode. And I cannot figure Uh, out the pattern as to why some feel that (laughs) way and some don't. (laughs) So lots of experimenting and stuff. Um, It sounded awesome. 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 So good. And like all very, very great, rich feedback, which is something that I really like. Didn't get all weird with like, you know, not which being sometimes a happens. If you, yeah. If you like do the fallback onto a PA kind of thing, um, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that'll go either the feedback won't work right or it'll be at the wrong frequencies because it's mm-hmm. not, you know, the like the, the kind of the sound is somehow different and wrong compared to what you're used to for mm-hmm. guitar feedback. Yeah. yeah. And we were plugging things in and it's like, oh, there's a buzz. What is that? Ground loop, click gone <laughs> all these little things you know these little super convenient things i never would have thought i would care about a ground loop but like practice space yeah. power is weird so click gone well plus you're you're changing things about the audio system in this way you know can can introduce ground loops that might not have even happened if it, they were just regular amps too because it, ground loops are i was fighting a ground loop the other day with my streaming setup mm-hmm. because you know i separated onto two different computers and i'm trying to like pass audio back and forth in multiple channels and and as soon as i started doing that everything got noisy and buzzy and i was like oh wait a minute i'm a mm. professional audio engineer i should know how to solve <laughs> like i know what i just did by accident here i just literally made a loop out of the ground like 
Of yeah. course I did. You know what I mean? I plugged headphones into this and then that computer went to that and then that computer goes back to the first one. Well, of course there's a ground loop now. <laughs> so, you you know, so you get these little like interrupter things to, to yeah. you know, fix um, that with a transformer. But anyway, yeah. Eric, Eric in the chat says subdivisions are great. Yes, I totally yeah. agree. Delaney uses a lot of dotted eighth repeats mixed with quarter note repeats depending on the part of the song. So I can have my delay block on a foot switch. It's like a regular delay stop box thing. And then one foot switch dedicated to its subdivision. So I can yeah. very quickly change from quarter note to dotted eighth on a foot switch instead of like on <laughs> in in the timeline, in the Strymon timeline, like it's a separate bank, but it could be the A, B bank. So it's still on a foot switch, but it's technically a separate preset. So I'd have to copy the preset over and then <laughs> change the subdivision mode. So now it's the same block. The only thing that has changed is the subdivision of that d- delay time. So, and I can make it whatever, a dotted 30 oh, yeah. second note if you wanted. <laughs> hey pro tip dotted quarter note is a supremely underrated subdivision it's, oh, it's excellent beautiful. it's yeah. excellent and everyone should be using dotted quarters so okay that's practically the first one that i reach for when i put a delay in a mix it's so fun uh, because it's you know you you end you, you think you're going to go for quarter or half half or something but those get those you lose mm-hmm. uh yeah oh beautiful beautiful good, stuff good. Anyway, yeah, that's my experience with like the Helix stuff and, and like yeah. proper setting. I'm thinking for this show, what I might do is bring the whole Helix rig with the the uh, FRFR cab, use that as a monitor for myself on stage, and then go direct front of house with the Helix to the PA. Go big or go home. <laughs> yeah, might might we'll see the fur fur cab. Yes. The que- okay. the question is going to be: Does is the is the AC30 in the car? Just in case, <laughs> you know, that's, this is what to know how, how much confidence do you really have? <laughs> it was not in the car for practice for this past Tuesday, yeah. Monday. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, load in was great. I have the Helix backpack, which is super nerdy, but God damn it. It's a great <laughs> way to carry this shit around. So guitar in one hand, FRFR cab in the other, cause it weighs nothing. Yep. Helix on the backpack and then we're, we're off, you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. Convenience is such a factor here. Let's go. Next thing. All right, let's let's go. Next thing. <laughs> that's a Justin um, demo. That's a Justin demo. Do you have any idea what it is? It's not one of yours, so I don't really expect you to. Catalan Brett SF6? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, a very specific the, and weird guess. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I ever played that pedal or know what it is. Um, the Butta from, oh, from CMAT. CMAT. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just to drive, just to drive. Um, okay. So what have we here? We in, have. In episode 186, we talked about the EHX expression stomp foot switch controller thing. Mm-hmm. Old Blood, oh, uh, Old Blood Noise Endeavors has created the actual one of those that you want. (laughs) They fixed it. (laughs) They fixed it, yeah. So this is a way better version of that thing. Um, It sets two expression settings and lets you move between them, either in one motion, A to B, then to A, or as a continuous LFO sweep. All right. So the the EHX one was just a click. You go from A, click B, click A, click B. Yeah. This one will oscillate between A and B, either on a triangle wave, smooth and just back and forth, 
between, yeah. let's, let's call it like rate on a tremolo, just for a good easy yeah. example here. So it would slowly ramp up to A and then slowly down to B and so on. Or you can set it so it is a square wave where it just oscillates hard between Snaps. those things. Yep, yep. On a rate knob, like th there is a rate knob on this, on the um, expression Damn ramper. Right. So you can choose how quickly it changes to those settings. Or you can set it to A into B and then it stops. And then you click it again and it goes B into A and then it stops, which is the... Uh, the the EHX version basically uh, that's what theirs right. did. I'm I don't think this text is going to be readable on the no, stream. But, so, um, so yeah, that's awesome. So so okay. Yeah. So I see one knob and then the other switch. This is my guess from looking at the thing. I'm going to select what that knob is adjusting with that other switch. So I'm going to change yeah. the level of A, change the level of B, or adjust the rate. Yeah. So. Awesome. You set your A parameter, which is like depth or rate or whatever on, on the other pedal that it's controlling. And you yeah. just do it by turning that knob. Then you click down to B. And then you set the, the B range, which is like your, your min-max, basically, on that right. whatever the parameter. Of, the other yeah. end of where it's going to sweep. Yep. And then you click down to rate, and you choose how fast it goes in between those two modes, or between those two parameters. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the, so that the means right it, has to, it has to be like a digital, yes, it is a digital uh, encoder pod. control, which is great. Yeah. And they give oh, you instructions man. on how to pair this with pedals from other manufacturers. So they're not like, oh, this only works with blood noise pedals. Um, uh, yeah. Right on. And then, yeah, that, that's the right-hand side switch, the, the little mini toggle. Then the left-hand yep. mini toggle is your wave shape, like, like how it arrives at that destination. So yeah. smooth ramping with the triangle, square wave ramping, which is blocky, you know, this, then that, then this, then that. And then A to B and stop. It's yeah. such a good idea. Yeah, um, really good. No notes. Yeah, it's 60 bucks. <laughs> um, this is absolutely worth the extra $20 <laughs> over the EHX one, I think, because it does that thing. And then $20 more, you get tons of other functionality. Tons. Right. Exactly. It's great. There's this long video that um, Old Blood Noise put out. It's very hipster. It's about 15 minutes, but it's super informative. And the demo that they do is good. They use a little synthesizer to demonstrate in the background. And cool. I, I love it. I love this idea. I'm kind of thinking about getting one. I do have an old blood noise pedal. And I have the um I love how he turns that light on and then there's there's no light in the can. <laughs> oh, a different light turns on. <laughs> yeah. That's clever. I'm I it actually dawned on me that I wonder if it's not that great for me to be playing someone else's YouTube video when this this is destined for YouTube. So I oh, decided to pull back to the other screen. I don't know. I know if we played the audio from it, it's very possible that we could get it could um, be yeah. impacted. So anyway, um, there's I, a video think, there. In, yeah. uh, links in the show notes to the video. I think this is such a smart move. And especially with stuff like trem pedals where you can sweep the rate is an awesome sound. It's a truly yeah. great tone. Or changing the depth even would be really fun. And you can just do that. So the LED sure. on this thing is either pink or cyan, which matches the A and B uh, uh, printed awesome. font color on the case. So you know which one you're in between. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Doug says it'd be cool to have momentary functions. Yeah, that, that, that's an interesting okay. kind of V2 option. But this is also in so a mini enclosure. So you hold it down to get to B. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. You'd need, you'd need a four-way toggle switch. Jeez. 
Wow. <laughs> well, okay. So, okay. Here's so here's my actually here's my proposition. Uh, we actually just add another switch, and the three way like the bottom of the thing opens up the other switch. So the a, opens up the A B switch. The other one will switch between the momentary modes mm-hmm. of either going to B and then back to A when you let it up, or mm-hmm. if you're in the you could you could even have it be in in the in the LFO modes you could have it only LFO when you hold it down. Mm. I don't know. That's not that's a lot less important. Anyway, whatever. It's more like a traditional expression at that point. This is like a tr- expression yeah. automation almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, good. Yeah, they have good another thing, one. Yeah. They have another utility uh, expression thing called the expression um slider, I think it's called. Um, where it's it's a little mini case like this, and it's got a fader on it, like on like on a board, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you just and, and th- they get really nerdy about how it works in the video. They're talking about resistances and how the slider works with like the TRS connection and all this and that. Very cool. Um, also very hip and and you know long, but it's super informative and, and very technical, yeah. which I was I appreciated that. So yeah, sixty bucks, get it. Cool. It's kicks. It's, it sounds yeah. great. <laughs> it's, it's just great. It's just great. Um, okay. Hey, guess what's guess what's next up? It's it's gonna be Pedal Genie. Is everybody ready for this? Yeah, I don't so. think that you are. Pedal Genie is like the Netflix of guitar pedals. Rent any pedal you want for as long as you want for one low monthly price. Shipping is included and there are no late fees or time limits. With over 1,500 pedals to try from nearly 100 different manufacturers, Pedal Genie definitely has the gear you want to try. Subscriptions start with Flex at just $19.95 a month. Try out one pedal at a time for as long as you want. Send it back when you're ready for the next one. For only $39.95 a month, the standard subscription includes shipping. So you could have a different pedal every few days. If one isn't enough for you, Pedal Genie Pro gets you three pedals at a time for only $64.95 a month. Shipping included. There's a subscription for everyone and best of all, your first month is free. If you find the pedal of your dreams, the one you just have to keep, Pedal Genie will offer you a buyout option. Prices vary with the length of your membership and the type of pedal, but you'll definitely get an awesome price for the pedal in your hand. So head to pedalgenie.com to fill up your wishlist with pedals, and they'll send out your first pedal ASAP. Pedal Genie, all your pedal wishes granted. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, there we have it. Thanks, Pedal Genie, for sending us these pedals. So I've had this one uh, since before last episode, and and it was cut due to time. So I'm we're gonna we're gonna barrel through. We're gonna get it through. Here we go. I've got the dude V two. The dude V two. What? I'm gonna pull up a tab for myself on this. I wanna I wanna read about this thing. Yeah, co- copy it copy it in and, and whatnot. Okay, I need to plug myself in here <clears throat> and um take now, over channel two here. Yeah, so based on the font alone, I'm saying this is a dumble type thing. Is that correct? Uh yes it is. Okay, so it says here <laughs> the dude is designed to achieve the classic D style ODs, which would uh, definitely be dumble. Yeah. Um from Robin Ford to Larry Carlton to Scorching Gain, it is all there. The Dude V2 has a less aggressive volume control and new knobs that are easier to read and a noiseless foot switching system. 
All right. True bypass. Right, not a lot of such. interesting here. I'm just going to leave the frame like that. Okay. So, yeah. We got, That's um, not the pedal. <laughs> level, treble, deep, and ratio. Is that what that says? Um, it sure does, Derek. Okay. Level, treble, ratio. So I've got everything everything at, at noon right now. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. So let's. I need. I need a little more level. That amp. So. Okay, so I yeah, think the, Discord's the, doing the thing. Did you change your thing to not not have that Discord thing happen? Um, let me Maybe just not. check my Discord settings. Um, I have, yeah, I mean, I I have the okay. I have the it in gate mode and noise sounds phasery, but okay. Let me turn off the noise reduction. Noise suppression and noise reduction are off. <laughs> Does that seem yeah. any seems better? A little better. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So with that stuff oh. off. I, I huh? just pulled up the manual. I was going to say ratio blends the gain with the clean signal. Really? Okay. Yeah. Let's check that out. So obviously the, the treble and the deep control are what you think. They're, they're, they're tone controls. Hey. Uh, All right. So, oh yeah, look at that. Huh. I just m- mixed out the pedal. That's interesting. So, so there aren't very many, <clears throat> excuse me, there aren't very, very many drives with a mix control on them. So um, the Klon, famously, the drive control on a Klon is actually a clean blend. Oh. I, I, I just learned that not that long ago. And no also, shit. yeah, there, huh. hang on, there aren't that many. BRB. Uh-oh. All right, I'm going to play this. It's just here on a shelf uh, in my office. My Walrus Audio Ages has a blend control on it. And it's yeah. awesome for... Literally blending other pedals. Like, that's what it's for. So, you know, drive like drive pedals that you want to stack, it's so good. It's so good because you get way more character of each pedal that way. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Oh, I, I love it. All right. So, obviously, I can blend it all the way out or blend it all the way in. I think it's a little too deep right now. a lot better when it's not dimed um interesting yeah but that's yeah that's that's a funny thing that i wouldn't really expect i think it's getting a little flubby on me when i totally mix it in was that a d chord you got there that sounds like a d Uh, that sucker's a d derek lay it on me that's a g right there that's a g oh shit a c c All right. Um, yeah, I like the mix on this. <laughs> Plays like you start That's the big thing with the D things. Yeah. <laughs> um, how does it, well, he's asking, how does it feel under the fingers? Like, that, that's the thing about Dumble style overdrives. 
I I think I think that's why it needs a mix. I think it. I mean, I've never played a Dumble, but like <laughs> yeah. when I pull it all the. <laughs> guess what, guys? This may come as a shock to you. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's all right. It's all right all the way mixed in, too. It, it's, I don't know what to say about that. How's it feel under the fingers? I don't know. Feels like I'm a mediocre guitarist. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I, 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 I like the, the way it's muting. I like that feel. Some of the full-on chord things, I, I just want to mix it back down some. Um, and it's funny because, like, my clean that I'm playing here is really not anything. You know, it's just very, very light. There isn't a lot, any extra bottom being added. This thing has loads of bottom. I really have to pull that deep control way back Mm -hmm. to get it, to get it to sort of rebalance to where my clean tone was. I think it's, you know, it's, it's doing a lot on just a few controls. It definitely has its sound, so. uh, yeah. Eric is requesting a weird chord. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right. Like a major seventh or something. <laughs> what? Wait. More treble. Let's see. What are, what are there? <laughs> Jazz. Was that, was that good? <laughs> Jazz. Um... Yeah, I mean, what? <laughs> is oh, that okay? Oh, I just remembered something. Shoot. Okay, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll tell you Wait, when you're done. Yeah. It, what? Okay. I. I mean, I'm. I'm good. I think this. Um. That's that's pretty good. That. I, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep belaboring the point. I think it's cool. I. I don't have enough experience with this kind of thing to really compare it. I. I kind of wish. Um, if anything, we could have had. You remember which which was the that other Dumble pedal we had? Oh, um, um, anyway, I don't think we tried a, the overrated special yet, but that is a new one. There was one, one from but, many moons ago yeah. um, that I I really like how the demo came out. I use it pretty regularly, but hmm. I, it would be interesting. That would I would I think be interesting, but I can really only evaluate this in like a against nothing kind of like. It, it's cool. Like when they say it has tons of gain, like I'm not, you know, it's, it's not like heavy metal gain, but I no. mean, it's a distortion. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe into a crispier amp, it would open up differently, but, it um, could. Yeah. I mean, well, I suppose if we're, we're sitting here, uh, I could, I could use it. So let's see what this, <laughs> All right, so like a like a dirty plexi. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I hate that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think I don't think that experiment worked. I I think um, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Um, uh, okay. In, into a dirty amp, it just felt like it. It just. Um, just a little too much. It was, yeah, it was too much. Like, and I, I tried rolling the the level back, and I, it wasn't really changed. So it it got very, very fuzzy and had a weird harshness in the top that I didn't enjoy. So, anyway, 
didn't love it in that situation. I kind of figured mm. it being like a Dumble circuit thing, um, that's why I gave it a clean tone because I thought, mm. you know, yeah. it should be, I should give it some some kind of a clean platform. So anyway, right. that was my plan. I think you can, uh, can you hear me? So can that's you? the the <laughs> dude V two. I just did From a J thing. Rocket Audio Designs. Can you hear me now? I just changed yeah. the thing by accident. Okay. Yep. Still <laughs> the have tech you. issues return. Um, Still so, recording on your end. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's right, a Discord problem. Um, so the thing I realized I I don't know if you know because you may not have been in the stream at the time, but I did promise people that. The demo I made for the last live stream we would play in this episode. Oh yeah! And I don't know if I if you happened to be in the chat to hear that because I totally forgot to tell you in real life. So, <laughs> um, so it's okay if that's not done, but we can maybe get that ready for next next time. What? No, no, I can pull it up right now. Which it's which the remind uh, me what pedal it was. It was the Beatronics Octahive. <laughs> So this week I have the 1981 DRV or drive, I guess. I don't know how to pronounce this thing. So this is uh, a pedal that oh, has, I remember seeing this. has yeah, much yeah. lore around it these days. It's made by the guy from Reliant K, I think, or is, is partnered with the guy. I don't, I don't know all the, the background about this thing, but um, they're hard to find. Uh, mm. You can only buy them direct from 1981 inventions here. And yeah, it's get, get on the news. Yeah, <laughs> get on the <laughs> newsletter and you'll you'll get an email about days and times that they're going up for sale. It's two hundred fifty bucks. It's a distortion pedal. It's it's akin to a rat. I don't I don't know a ton about rats other than uh, there's certainly one in here in some capacity. I, this is a, a new <laughs> there's a think, rat in there somewhere. Man, that was <laughs> <laughs> that was a contender for a title at some point. But there's a rat in there somewhere. <laughs> so it's got um, uh, controls for drive, cut, and volume. And every now and then they do super cool color runs. Uh, the the number mm. three here that you're seeing the the gold, blue, and red is the current standard model. There's also a full black option if you go like. Think about the top. There's like a next button on the top right, maybe. Ah, there is. Click that, and you can see the blackout edition, which I really dig. Ooh, I, I, I like that a lot. The the matte black uh, case with the gloss black lettering. Yeah, yeah. I think is a sharp look. Um, the one I have here, I just threw into the chat, is uh, uh, like a powder blue. <laughs> you get a pin. <laughs> yeah. The one I have is like this powder blue with white. Um, you can get all this stuff, yeah. Just throw the logo on whatever. Uh, powder blue with white lettering. It's a gloss paint job. It's um, it's cool. A lot of people really love this pedal, and I've been meaning to try one. I almost bought one sight unseen not that long ago. Matt and Delaney uses one. Um, a lot of people have one. Yeah, Eric in chat has one. I think I can show. Here we go. Hey, that's, that's the one the, I have here. Derek's. That's yeah. the one you're listening to now. So, you guys hear that? We can. Good. So this is my kind of regular AC30 tone. I'm actually running the HX stop tonight, not the big helix. Okay. 
Yeah. So this is the uh, the DRV with the drive and cut at noon and volume up a little above noon. distortion pedal man yeah it is real Cuts. crisp um it it, it uh, of course uh, well, we're always fighting a little bit of uh discord's nonsense um i think yeah. they i think they added so the setting that helped so we've got that noise suppression right at the top which was switched on for me after an update and then later down there's a noise reduction um i don't know if if any oh. of that is switched on for you i just that turned might, that off so let's try again. Uh, i can hear yeah. that yeah because it was it was not cutting out but anyway the the recordings of the playback will be going out after so. yeah that was my tone it's knob real i turned down not my even, volume knob even, better yeah yeah no that that's really it's really like crisp and precise even mm-hmm. when even when your tone was turned down <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the more i get into drives of various types and stuff um like i when i started playing guitar it was like distortion pedal period overdrive is lame because it's not as high gain you know it was sort of <laughs> yeah not what i was into um nowadays i am stacking overdrives way more and getting lots of different textures and stuff so distortion pedals are uh, few and far between in this house and not really something I pay a lot of attention to. But um, it has a lot of, like people in the chat saying, a lot of high-end information. There's a lot of sizzle that goes on with rat-type circuits, and I don't know if I'm always about that. But um, mm. this has a cut knob, and right now it's at noon. So I can just cut some more, and we'll see what that does. Yeah, I mean, so far I really like it a lot better than this one I had. <laughs> you know, dealing with that is easier than dealing with it's muddy and it's got too much bottom for yeah, me. Yeah, anyway. yeah. So this is darkened up a bit. But it's still not falling on its face, you know? No, and I mean, I didn't change the drive control. People talk about rats being able to get kind of fuzzy which I think is really interesting and weird to want to do with a rat. <laughs> but let's try it. It's probably because they have so much trouble in them, you know. So this is the drive knob maxed up. Okay. It's pretty fuzzy, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can hear it really squaring off, yeah. We're going to cut the cut back down a little. Yeah, I don't. I don't love it, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't love that like fuzzy gated thing with this pedal. Um, yeah. I think it does other things better. So it's a little outside of its like uh, high efficiency range. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is with the drive below noon a little bit. Clean tone again. Sounds like good, the 80s. good sound of pedal. Yeah, um, I've got a Klon type pedal here. See how that stacks. Of 
cool, man. Yeah, that way. You know what? Uh, you don't have a wah there, do you? No, not handy. No, I have this one would, in Helix, but I don't have rip. an expression. Yeah, that would shred. Maybe I could make that. I can make that happen with the demo when we do the the live stream yeah. and pull up a wah. Um, yeah. No, Grandpa, we don't have wahs. <laughs> we were just talking about wahs in the chat like today, I think, to yesterday or today, and how they're kind of out of style. Um, I sold mine a long time ago. They're kind of out of fashion these days, but um, I was like, oh, it seems like they're out of fashion. And Eric goes, it's because they are. <laughs> you know, I had, a, I had a birthday between the last episode and this episode. God damn it, and you're right. <laughs> I am an old ass man now. And, an old ass man. Yeah. And I don't care what you say. I think a wah is cool to get out once in a while. I'll get a wah out for the demo. Screw it. Yeah. The thing's called the 1981, and it's a rat. So I think we know what yeah. we have to do. Right, exactly. Back in my day. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. It's got a soft touch true bypass switch. Um, yeah. I opened it up. Beautiful circuit board. It's like very... You know, neatly, it, it's nice. It's it's a good thing to look at the inside. So, um, it's a little. Is it a one trick pony? Do we think it's a one trick pony? It, it's very. Um, it's a I good just, fucking trick, man. It's yeah. Know. The, uh, let me put my stuff on mute here. Um, it's the, uh, the 1981 DRV. Yeah, you can get it in poster form or drinking glass form. <laughs> you can get it as a fucking lunchbox. <laughs> you can get a T-shirt. Um, let's see, zip hoodie. Oh, that's the end of the line. Yeah. That's the end of the line. So those They make two the pedals forms. and a bunch of merch. Two pedals and a bunch of fucking bullshit merch. and I don't know, the pin's sort of cool. The pin is cool. Enamel um, pins are are invariably cool. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah, it, it's it's not really a one trick pony. I'd say it's probably got like three or four good tricks, and yeah, I like it. It's one of those things that I think if it wasn't two hundred and fifty bucks, I would love to have in my roster. Yeah. Maybe I um, sort of feel like about the the rat. I I feel like when I was a kid and I was discovering like what distortions were and there were certain ones that weren't just like the one from boss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was like, I was at that point where I was like, wait, there's more than just Diodario pedals, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, so it was like, well, there's the, there's the rat and there's the big muff. Mm. Right. And, and I don't, I didn't know anything. It was like, those are the things. And I went big muff and I think I should have gone rat. And I think I would have been happier. Mm-hmm. I never really liked big muff. And it made me think I didn't like pedals. Oh, and interesting. That's, that's like a back of my mind thing that I still deal with. I like hmm. we've been working with Pedal Genie for all these years, and the whole time I've been like, you know, working my way out of yeah. But real distortion comes from an amp, Derek. <sighs> yeah. And I mean, that's not like <laughs> that, that. Real distortion doesn't come from an amp, but like that's the thing. Like I went through. Like I, I didn't really think pedal because I thought pedals meant like the big muff or something, which. Mm is a one trick pony and yeah, i don't yeah, know anyway, more so whatever. than this that was for a sure bit of a, that was a no I, I totally get what you're saying 
um, some hate in the chat for the two hundred fifty dollars price tag. The thing is, like, they're, they're hard to like. There's the scarcity thing, you know, which is if you look these up on Reverb right now, they're going for over that two eighty five, three hundred sometimes. Yeah. So, and it's because they come in batches. But honestly, they're not that hard to get when he releases a new batch. Like, I got an email. He says, "Going live tomorrow at this time." Um, it's yeah, Eric's right. It's one of the most trendy pedals in the last few years for sure. And I think a lot of that is because of its super tight branding. It, it's got this like, yeah. it's the 1981, yeah. and it's yeah, it's probably a rat. But I think <laughs> you know you're you're buying the aesthetic to a large degree here. Um, anyway, I, I'm curious. I want I want 1981 to make other stuff. Also, I, I don't know if they ever will, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Cool. I like the limited runs. The limited color options are really sweet. Uh, it kind of keeps them collectible yeah. and makes it interesting and sort of unique to you. This blue one I have is rad. And honestly, if Pedal Genie had it for sale, I would really consider getting it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Mm-hmm. Engineered scarcity. I get that too. Uh, but it is kind of just like one or two guys making these. Um, they do a few hundred at a time, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, you know, it's they don't have to open a factory, you know, yeah. just to just to set, satisfy the idea that they're. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Whatever. That's fine. That's just a, their business choice, and it, if it's working for them, then it's working for them. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Thanks, Pedal Genie, for sending us these pedals, even if we don't think they're amazing. Although I think that <laughs> 1981's pretty good. I, don't I think it's pretty good too. Totally care for this dude thing, but anyway. I, 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 I'm not going to go out of my way to get one, but I would like one. Yeah. I think yeah. I do love the ages, though. This is one of the greatest overdrive pedals ever made. Yeah. So not really a hot take. It's true. So <laughs> just a fact. Just an yeah. honest fact. Okay. Uh, one more thing on the notes. A discussion topic. Let's do this. So that was one of yours. That's the Dover Drive. I forget who it makes is it. It's the Dover Drive. Uh, Love Pedal. Love Pedal, right. They make good stuff. Yeah. <sighs> so, so, okay, yes. In the chat earlier this week, we were talking about, was it last week maybe? I can't remember. It's been a weird week, guys. I think it was this week. I think it was this week. We were talking a little bit about headphones and, and computer monitor, or not computer monitors, oh my God, studio monitors. Um, <laughs> and We can talk um, about computer monitors too if you want. Yeah, we could. Um, and just about how, when, when you get a new pair of headphones or whatever, what do you listen to? How do you like try out stuff like that, that you that is your main listening device? How do you do it? What do you listen for? What do you listen to? And what do you do with that information? And I, there yeah. were some people talking about some of this stuff throughout the week. I thought it was a really interesting conversation. And I changed my computer um, speaker setup here a little while ago. Oh, yeah. And it was like, oh, it changed. Uh, it sounds different. And I I can acknowledge that it sounds different. I might even be able to identify how it sounds different, but I don't really know what to do with that information. So what did you change? Well, I had some, just like my my speakers here for listening to music and stuff. Um, I had a old pair of like creative, just desktop computer speakers. Okay. And then um, in a closet, we actually had a set of Bose something, somethings like a 2.1 system. 
Oh, the Bose something somethings are really choice. What year were those? <laughs> uh, it was it was my wife's in college, so and it's like a USB thing, vintage. Yeah, so it's um, <laughs> but I, I kind of wanted a sub because uh, uh, okay. I didn't have a sub before, and this was in the house with the sub, so I, I put all this together, mm-hmm. and uh, it sounds good. It sounds like Bose, you know, it sounds fine, but it's just really for my music listening throughout the day. So I'm not yeah. really hypercritical of how they sound. Um, they are not studio monitors in any stretch. Yeah. Uh, and studio monitors are a thing that I, I know I would like to get at some point for proper music creation. So anyway, um, yeah, people ask what, what do we all listened to when trying out new stuff. And I said, uh, certainly Futures by Jimmy World, and then just a short list of other songs and albums that I'm very, very familiar with. Um, I don't necessarily know how those things sound. I couldn't tell you how they sound, but I'm familiar with them on a lot of different platforms. So hearing the differences that way, it's contextually, is kind right. of a thing. Right. So, because so, because when you're setting when when you're like doing that, you're trying to sort of decide if you've got like if the speakers have some room correction or like it'll it'll be like a treble in a bass control or something like that right mm-hmm. is that the so when you're listening are you thinking well do i need to adjust those to make it what i'm expecting is that what we're talking about I think, in your case i mean i mean i know what we're talking about like more broadly but in my case there is no room correction there's it's just volume yeah. on this thing um and then there's a control on the sub for just sub level but, right. Um, That's always isn't that always interesting? Like, mm-hmm. how does it not know what the sub level is supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that that is um that's because you can magnify bass by putting it against a wall uh, and again magnify it by putting it into a corner because then it's against two walls. Mm-hmm. Um so you can you can dramatically change sub frequency output with th- things like that. And so like if you had to place su- subwoofer placement is actually really tough if you're trying to get something that's like truly balanced because you have to you have to think about um phase with the main speakers um th- the stereo imaging not so much because it's pretty omnidirectional down that low but like not having like an a a time delay between the main speakers and the sub and you might be limited at like where the sub will actually fit in the room. Mm -hmm. And so if it ends up having to be close to a wall, then you would need less of it. Got it. Yeah. And this is just here under my desk in the middle of the floor and not next to a wall. So I just posted a picture of one of the speakers here. There's just these little, you know, little Bose speakers and they get loud. They sound full and rich and they sound like, they do have that Bose signature, yeah. which I'm not wild about, but I do think overall it sounds better than the stuff I was using. And these were already in a box in my closet, so I wasn't about to go do a bunch of research and buy a bunch of stuff. And you know, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, so is this like what is the thing to be concerned with here? I guess I don't know. Well, I mean, so I mean that's why I was saying like you're you're absolutely right that like you don't need to do anything. I mean, you're just like, do, do they do they sound good? You you might even have um, equalization that could be done in your computer or something. If you, yeah, if iTunes you has to. Um, iTunes Music app has EQ <laughs> stuff now, but I usually leave yeah. it flat because I, I, I tend I to too, yeah. want want what the person wanted me to hear come through. Well, and if you don't, if then then that's affecting anything that you play out of the music app and not affecting YouTube. Yeah. not affecting Spotify, you know? Um, so that's not so good. Yeah. I tend to, 
to not mess with things very much either. So, okay. So now when I'm getting new speakers, um, which I did when we moved to this house, uh, because when I went into my new studio, the dimensions, everything's so different. I had, um, they were still from, I, I, I'm a big fan of Adam Audio and I had the A5Xs, the five inch and a sub. Mm-hmm. And when I came to this place, um, it wasn't really jiving with me, like the the sub thing, um, which mm-hmm. I was very, very used to. It all sounded very different. This room is uh, narrower, generally smaller, but with higher ceilings um, than mm-hmm. my old space. My old space was had like a drop ceiling. It was kind of sort of a weird situation. Um, but there was a lot more sort of airspace, and I think that worked better for a sub. Whereas here, I'm like enclosed in this like 12 by 17 by 10 box. Mm-hmm. And it just, the sub was causing all kinds of weirdness. Like the the base would radically change when I just moved like a foot or two in any direction. Um, and that's not, should I be watching the chat? So <laughs> many <laughs> gifts ever. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. um, so I decided I wanted to get rid of it and just go with a simple stereo system. I got um, seven-inch drivers, um, again, from Adam Is Audio. Seven X's? I, I went with the TV7s. They're, they're like uh, the cheaper models, mm-hmm. um, and I'm really, really impressed with them. Um, I think these were like... in the chat. Yeah, um, these were like half the cost of, um, <laughs> of the other ones. I, and I mean... On the one hand, like uh, the difference that I can hear, honestly, like I think they've done a masterful job of getting the sound quality up to that level for the price point that they were, which I think was like five hundred for the pair, which is yeah. Sweetwater has them for what these sound like. That's in. I I can't recommend these enough at that price range. I think it's the best speaker on the market. Hmm. But um, I can hear, like, if I'm not playing music, I can hear just the slight hiss of the amp, which I never ever heard with the A5Xs, the sort of higher quality amplifiers that they put in them and stuff. Um, Okay, but what what am I listening for? Like I, my records that I put on to sort of break in my ears on new speakers are uh, Incubus Science, super (laughs) old one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which has a very tight, not overly bassy sound. Um, And then... I mean, present bass, but very, very tight, not overdone. 90, 1997, sorry, I was Then there's a <laughs> lot of Incubus records which have a lot of bass. And then there was If Not Now When, which is a much more recent one. Um, and that one, like, I think is, like, just amazing. The, the mm-hmm. mix is fabulous. Um, I also pull out... Like some some other kind of more new stuff. I, I listened to one of the Imagine Dragons records, mm-hmm. uh, like um, as something that has like a little bit more of an electronic bent to it, mm-hmm. um, and just just generally like things that are. And then I'll, I'll pull out you know a metal record and let's do something else. Let's listen to Adele. You know I'll go through kind of a wide range of things. But then there's a few things that I'm listening to. Like do am I at least in the ballpark as far as the whole thing? And I think honestly like. Some of what I'm doing is is tuning it in. Like they, these have like um, with studio monitors, it's not like a, a tone control. It's called room correction because really, again, what mm-hmm. they're doing is they're trying to say like um, if they're really close to a wall, you would attenuate the bass a little bit. 
Because mm-hmm. again, just like a sub, that can accentuate it. Um, and it, it looks like on the backs of these things, there's like a, was it HFLF? Is that a high filter, low filter? Uh, I think high frequency, low. High so they're, frequency. There's a, so, they're little shelves, yeah. yeah little and shelving like filters. Plus and, or two, they, plus or minus two dB on each, yeah. Yeah, and and then there's there's also um, a volume adjustment or a gain adjustment. I can't remember what they call it, but they level <laughs> just level. Okay, uh, because they're powered. Of course, they each have an amplifier in them, and they do like I I balanced them, mm-hmm. and they're slightly different. I mean, that, and that's probably like one of the things that you wouldn't have to deal with if you bought like a more high end a monitor with a higher end amplifier in it, but they, they're just a little bit mismatched, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's fine. So I, and then I adjusted them and then it's a, it's really a matter of getting used to them myself. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm picking out like, and then it's just the more music I listen to, the better off I'll be. And I continued making adjustments on these for like the first month. I would turn up the treater and then I would turn it down again, change Mm -hmm. my mind. You know what I mean? And go back and forth. Um, but I also placed them like by measuring, like I started by like doing a tape measure and like, okay, now I have like the perfect placement in my, the perfect placement in my room and mm-hmm. started from there. And then that I adjusted a little bit by a little bit, but I'm also listening different than I think most people are. And like, likewise, totally, totally. Yeah. I have no idea how I would approach this for headphones because I've had these headphones since I went to college. These Sony 7506s I've had for almost... Almost two decades, <laughs> two yeah. decades now, I think. Uh, so we've geez. said this before, but like, I think it's uh, all speakers are going to have some kind of curve on them. Like the, you can right. see it, like a lot of them on the manufacturer's site will show you the the response and you can see like, well, there's a little more high end here, a little more whatever. And the same is true for guitar speakers and all that stuff. Um, yeah. I think it's probably arguably more important to be very, very familiar with what your tools are uh, and maybe how to account for any discrepancies in those tools um, rather than like trying to achieve the flattest response possible or something like that. Um, Do you know, does that make sense? Getting close. Yeah. Getting close to flat is good, but I think more important is to shake out things like problems with a stereo image. Like if, so if we're talking about speakers that we're listening critically to, we're listening critically to music and not just for fun, then it's like, let's shake out issues with the stereo image. Let's make sure we're not really close to one wall. Um, Things like that. Make sure there isn't like a reflective surface here and a not reflective surface on the other side. Um, that's going to cause some frequencies to build up on this side kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I would just say like, I guess in this, for that purpose, be careful of subs. It there can absolutely work, but it's difficult. Like in placement, if you're setting up a system with subs, expect to spend a super long time doing it. I, I've heard of different techniques. One of them where you actually put the sub in your listening position and then move around the room to where the bass sounds best and then put the sub where you found. Um, I have no idea if that, like, I I, I sort of can, like, imagine, like, that seems like it sort of makes sense. Um, And I'm also, like, okay, so asking in the chat, is there an actual process to breaking in speakers like the ones that guitar companies do when they break them in? Um. I am super skeptical that that's a real thing. I'm not saying that they don't do it, 
I'm saying I'm super skeptical that it makes any difference or has any real bearing besides just testing to make sure that it's not a badly manufactured speaker and it's going to come apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought the Helitone speakers from Avatar, which is just a vintage 30 that they have blasted sound through for like 40 hours. Uh, they sell it for the same price. I would not have paid more for it mm-hmm. um, because I don't, I, I have, I've just never encountered anything that made me believe that that was a real thing. Um, certainly not a real thing that isn't going to just happen on its own after you've played this thing for 40 hours, you know? Right. And it's like a, it's a short enough time. I think also that it, over the life of the speaker, the first 40 hours is really not that big a deal. So, right. So like, what's the science there that, that makes them think that this is something that you need to do for 40 hours? Um, because if this, like, is there some reason that this is supposed to have happened? Um, sorry, my discord just popped me into a different Oh, weird. Window. Okay. I think I, I was doing hotkeys on OBS and it moved me <laughs> in Discord. Uh, anyway, um, it's like, yeah, right. There could be a good reason. I would love to know what it is. Um, is there something like mechanically that if it doesn't get stretched out right, will it not reach its optimum performance? And if so, why didn't that happen before it was assembled into a speaker? If it's like a voice, I don't know. Or, or why isn't it standard practice? Like, why is it a yeah. thing that you can choose? Why is it a feature? Yeah. It's not, it reminds me a little bit of like burning in tubes, um, which I think. Yeah. I don't know if I ever bought that either. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I remember retubing and of course the amp sounds different right away, but then it also sort of changes a little bit over the next little while, not very long, but it would change uh-huh. a little bit and so there's a it period sort right of, in the beginning of fast change and then there's slow change because when you're retubing and it suddenly sounds different, doesn't that mean that there's been a slow change over the past year or whatever? Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, because, well, yeah. new tubes, yeah. Um, but I remember retubing and then like the next couple practices, you know, under six hours or something like that of playtime, it would just, it would feel different. Like the sag would feel different and like the EQ might change or the the low end might tighten up or loosen up or something, but not so much that it was ever a problem or a deal breaker or something I was ever really unhappy with because the sonic signature of that tube would identify itself immediately upon retubing because it's a new, a new brand or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. It's not digital. It's not a computer chip. So there are physical properties of the thing that are affecting the sound. And so the speakers and tubes, both like there's heat in the case of the tube, that's going to cause something chemically to change, right? As it starts to get heated up mm-hmm. for the first time or whatever. And I guess mechanically there could be something that goes on in a speaker. I just don't, I don't know the, the part of it that it, so I'm not denying that, that something happens to, to anything that's moving physically. Um, but I don't, I don't see any, I haven't been shown anything that makes me believe that there's a reason that a burn in process would cause it to be better or cause it to be any different than just like, so is a burned in speaker just, are we avoiding that first six hours where it sounds sort of different for six hours and then it settles into where it's going to be? So it's like, are you just saving yourself six hours? Yeah. Are you saving yourself the convenience? Cause if it was like the greenback, right. Or the vintage 30, these, these iconic guitar (laughs) speakers is like the most famous and best speakers around, whatever they, uh, 
if if they required this thing to be that status, they would come pre-broken in. And yeah, yeah, you know, and I don't think they do. But also, the, the lifespan of the speaker is is of course more than those first six hours or right. first forty hours. Like people are running speakers for lifetimes. So yeah. it's I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. But it's a weird thing. Okay. Um, I think that's all I've got to say on the matter. Yeah, I think as far as like <laughs> how do you uh, accommodate for new speakers and how they sound, I think it's just a matter of getting used to them. And yeah. that, that's why I listen to stuff I'm super, super familiar with. Um, I own music a lot of the time just because mm-hmm. I was there when it was made. And you, you've listened <laughs> to that A hundred times, yeah. More, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just keep listening. Um Become confident and familiar with your sounds, I guess, with, with how your room sounds and how your stuff sounds. So, hey, good, uh, good going. Good chat. Good chat. Um, hey, so then all that's left is for us to do the part that isn't in the notes. So I'm going to scroll down to the previous page Whoops. of notes. So, no, it's all good. Hey, um, thanks, everybody, for listening slash watching the Tone Control. We would just, just die of joy if you were to give us uh, ratings and reviews and stuff like that, because it helps and it lets us know you're out there word. And, um, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, you can find us on discord at, uh, discord.io slash tone control. Uh, and you can come hang out and chat with us between episodes, talk about all the topics. And if you really like what you hear and you want to become a supporter, go on to patreon.com slash the tone control for just a dollar a month. You can be a supporter and we will thank you graciously on every single episode. But for $2 a month or more or more, uh, you will be a supporter plus, which gives you access to special things in Patreon that, that Derek, uh, tries to come up with anything he can any extra stuff he can think of to try to throw it yeah that's where it's going to appear and you got to be there to to catch it yeah every now and, and then we send a message and it's like hey guys just want to let you yeah. know you're beautiful Here's a picture and, of my butt and we love you and well don't tell them about that okay, okay. that was a, <laughs> redacted uh, <laughs> we do uh behind the scenes stuff um some yeah. polls we will ask patrons specific questions about uh, yeah. how the podcast gets made and things like that. If so. we have, if we have questions that we want feedback on, we are not going to ask people that aren't patrons. Right. Right. <laughs> um, okay. And, uh, that also gives you a special role in discord. There's a secret section of discord that only the $2 or more supporters can see. And that allows you to hang out in the chat and lol at us and share your butt gifts. So, uh, the supporters, uh, at the time of this week's episode were Matthew Fenslaw, Ryzen Wolf, Jamie Evans, Jeffrey Wright, Doug King, Doug Gann, Righteous Ryan Johnson, Steve Huffman, Jonas Sabatini, Eric Giribaldi, Andrew Walsh from Andrew's Alcove, OG friend of the show, Brian Rizzi, Doug Christ of 37 Effects, Sean Wright of Lollygagger Effects, and Brian Gower and Kyle McIntyre of the Tone Jerks podcast. Was it right or wrong? I wasn't It looking. was right. You did it. Yes! <laughs> And I pushed through so hard. Every every fiber of my being was telling me to pause, and I didn't pause. You just plowed right through like it was nothing. Eric's asking for you to say it weird now. <laughs> okay. Uh, special, special thanks to Ewick Jibbledy. <laughs> 
That is not what I was expecting, but I'm all about it. I'm here for it. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So anyway, that that's that's gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna start fading up the music, and we're gonna um, you know fade out here. Sorry, I'm, I'm throwing gifts. See you later. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>